0: with the Las Vegas Colel. Where was George Washington on July 4th, 1776? The answer is he was defending New York City. You see, after General Washington successfully laid siege against the British in Boston, he successfully guessed that the British were going to set sail to attack New York. After the British left, he immediately took his entire army down south to defend the city of New York. He established his major base in Brooklyn Heights, right near what's presently Park Slope. In early August, the British landed their force on the southern end of Brooklyn, what now is Gravesend. Washington knew there were three major roads to get from Gravesend, where the British were in the south, to reach and attack the fort up north. Those were the three major highways, King's Highway, Bedford Avenue, and Flatbush Road, three roads which still exist till today. Washington had scouts and big patrols monitoring those roads to know which direction were the British going to be coming from. Washington made a mistake because there was a fourth road all the way out to the east, known as Jamaica Highway, which again is a road that still exists today. And that's how the British came to attack Washington up in Brooklyn Heights. Completely caught off guard, in just a matter of moments, General Washington's entire army was surrounded by the British army, which was significantly larger, better trained, and better equipped. Washington at nightfall was surrounded by all four sides. On three sides, he was completely surrounded by the British, and to his back was the East River. There was no way out. Washington was completely surrounded. Middle of the night he decides the only option for them is to escape and to retreat across the river into Manhattan and try to flee. The problem was is that he knew if the British heard that he was retreating they would immediately aim their guns on the army and completely destroy General Washington. So they decided they had to make a retreat middle of the night, complete silence, no one was allowed to talk. And slowly but surely, they got as many people as they could across the East River into Manhattan. The problem was that they ran behind schedule. The story should have ended like this. Daybreak rose. Washington couldn't get the entire army across the river. The British see what's happening, and they completely destroy Washington's army. They hang General Washington, and that's the end of the rebellion. That's how the story should have ended. We all know that that's not what happened. What did? There's an incredibly cryptic verse in Sefer Bamidbar, the Book of Numbers. The verse tells us, "As vah v'sufa v'nechalim arnon." The Jews are thankful; they are appreciative of the gift that God gave them at Yamsuf, at the Red Sea, arnon, as well as on the streams of Arnon. Now, what is this a reference to? Rashi explains that there was a story here, a story that the Jews were themselves unaware of. You see, the Jews, it's the 40th year in the the desert, and they're making their way towards the land of Israel. And at one point, they have to walk through a very, very narrow pass. The pass is surrounded by tall cliffs. And it turns out that the Jewish enemies were perched high above on those cliffs, and their plan was is that as the Jews would go through that vulnerable pass, their enemies were going to throw arrows and rocks and projectiles and destroy the Jewish people. The Jews were innocently walking through this narrow pass. Unbeknownst to them, God performs a miracle. God has the two sides of this canyon come towards one another and crush the enemies that were inside the caves and the sides of these cliffs. The Jewish people didn't even realize it. It was only till afterwards, after they had emerged on the other side of the pass and they saw the corpses of their enemies with all their projectiles and rocks and arrows, they realized they were able to infer what had happened. They had realized that in this stream, this Nachal Arnon, this little canyon, they realized God had performed an incredible miracle, saved them from their enemies. And that's why the verse says, as vahiv Besufa, God gave us a gift at the Red Sea. That's a reference to God's splitting of the sea 40 years earlier after the Jews had just left Egypt. V'nachalim Arnon, and the miracle that happened right here at the stream of Arnon. And the Jews call out in great song. The verse concludes, az yashir Yisrael, the Jewish people, they break out in song, rejoicing, great miracles. It always struck me such a remarkable thing. Think about it. The Jewish people are equating the miracle of the splitting of the sea with this miracle that happens in this canyon of Nahal Arnon of the Arnon stream. If you really think about it, the two experiences are vastly different. The experience of splitting of the sea, the Jews were aware of the miracle. They marched through the sea, water on both sides of them, their enemies pursuing them and destroyed. They experienced the miracle, they saw the miracle firsthand. They were part of that salvation and they were aware of it at the time. This other miracle, this miracle in the canyon, they were completely oblivious to it. They only knew about it afterwards. After they emerge on the other side, they're able to deduce what happened. Isn't that a remarkable thing? The Jewish people equate a miracle that they experienced and were aware of as it was happening to them to a miracle that happened to them but they were completely unaware of. If you think about it, the second miracle, the miracle of the canyon, it was a miracle of the past history. It was something that happened in the past. Now, granted, it happened to them, but they were unaware of it. They only learned about it afterwards. Yet, they're able to rise themselves emotionally and spiritually to a level of gratitude and appreciation on the same par as the splitting of the sea. It's such a remarkable thing. You know, we talk about having gratitude and thanksgiving towards God. God has given us so much. We have so many freedoms in the United States of America, unparalleled in the history of the Jewish people. And we need to be super appreciative of that. But we see from this powerful message that we also need to be appreciative of the miracles that have happened in our past. The same way that Jews, they are able to equate the miracles of the present, of the splitting of the sea, a miracle that they experienced firsthand, they are able to equate that experientially, spiritually, in terms of their gratitude and appreciation to God for a miracle that happened in their past, a miracle that they didn't experience firsthand. We too need to have that same element of gratitude and appreciation. We need to have appreciation for the miracles that have happened to us in the past. Remember George Washington as he's trying to get across the East River? He was running late. They weren't able to get his entire force across the river. What should have happened is that as soon as day breaks, the British see Washington and they should have killed him. They should have destroyed the entire army. Just as the sun began to rise Inexplicably, a fog settles in and makes it completely invisible. Completely out of nowhere, this fog lasts the entire morning. The British can't see anything. As far as they're aware, the the rebels and Washington's army, they're still there trapped and besieged. As soon as the fog lifts, Washington was the last soldier to make it across that East River. A complete miracle. But we have to have appreciation, not just for the freedoms and the miracles that are the United States of America and the freedoms that, as Jews, we have today. We need to be appreciative of miracles that happened hundreds of years ago, for anomalous fogs that saved General Washington. We need to be appreciative for that. Had that not, fog not rolled in, who knows where we would be today. We need to be appreciative of the present, but we also need to be appreciative of the past as well.